Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints in Christ at Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You You have already heard about this hope in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world, just as it has among you since the day you heard it and came to truly appreciate God's grace. You learned this from Apaphras, our dearly loved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has told us about your love in the Spirit. For this reason also... Since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So we're on this two-month journey. We're going to go through this this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, um, two themes that rise up in the letter um, are gravity and grace. This letter speaks of Jesus, uh, the one who holds all things together, the one who brings all things into a diverse and complex unity, not just a simple unity, but retaining and celebrating the diversity and complexity of our world in the unity of Christ. Christ is the gravity that both grounds and anchors, but also pushes and pulls. And the heart of this gravity of Christ is an overwhelming grace, not a simple throwaway grace that shoves problems under the rug and says that they're fine, but a grace that works in us and through us and around us to bring about justice and reconciliation and a pervasive peace that transforms all of life as we know it. So gravity and grace... Um, Tonight, we're going to begin this journey by listening to the letter to the church in Colossians uh, from start to end. Um, In the ancient world, public reading and communal listening were common practice. People didn't have copies of the Bible lying around. Uh, They didn't have podcasts. A lot of people couldn't read or write. So, So reading in public and listening in community for us can feel like an unusual practice. Uh, We're a visual culture. Uh, We have a shrinking attention span. But these practices can be disciplines that help us hear differently and see new and fresh perspectives. Uh, There's 2,072 words in this letter. We probably won't grasp or understand all of those words, but maybe there's a word or a phrase or an image that captures your imagination, that speaks to your heart. And tonight, we invite you to pay attention to that. 
2,000 years ago in the city of Colossae, there might have been several different house churches that, that would meet on their own, but then occasionally gather together. Probably not in a space like this. It probably would have looked more like a home, uh, but they would have gathered together um, on an occasion like tonight to receive and listen to this letter that was written to them by Paul. So imagine all ranges of adults and kids crammed in a house together, leaning in, leaning close in to hear. And this letter, as it was read to them, it wasn't like, this is the Bible, we're reading it to you. This was a letter that was freshly penned by Paul. It wasn't immediately part of what they understood to be as the scriptures. But they still would have held a letter like this in high regard. And that doesn't mean, holding it in high regard doesn't mean that they agreed on everything that they heard. Or that everything felt to them like good news. Paul was an outsider to them. He was writing from Rome. He was highly respected, but he was an outsider. Writing from a different city and speaking into the life together of this church in Colossae. So imagine this this group of women and men and kids like leaning in, crammed into a space. Imagine them receiving these words with an earnest humility and a posture of curiosity and openness and learning, but also with the expectation that as a community, they would hear these words, and then they would dive in and talk about what they heard. They would go back and forth about what frustrated them. They would point out where this letter upsets the status quo in their own thinking or in the world around them. They would plot out the implications for their lives, their families, and their cities. A letter like this wasn't meant to simply sound good to their ears. Paul didn't write, them to write this to flatter them or make them happy. It was a letter that was written and it was meant to disrupt and to provoke and to offer them courage and perspective. So as we listen to this letter tonight, may we listen with a similar posture of openness and learning and with earnest humility. May we listen to this letter knowing that we don't simply hear the words that are spoken but we get the chance to wrestle with these words. And these words will get the chance to wrestle with us. So pay attention as we read. Pay attention to what's encouraging and hopeful about these words. Pay attention to what's provocative and disruptive about these words. Pay attention to places where these words might be upsetting or frustrating or confusing. All of those things will probably happen. This letter, this letter to the, uh, the church in Colossians, it wasn't written to us. It was written 2,000 years ago to a different community, in a different language, to a different culture, a culture with different households, traditions, and different social and economic infrastructure. There would be some places where, where some of us are going to listen and we're going to want to say, that's not okay, and that's okay to say that. Does that make sense? This letter letter is not written to us. It's written to a community 2,000 years ago. And we get to wrestle with what the implications are, how how we understand and interpret what's going on here. But my hope is that even if we know that this letter wasn't written to us, is that we would discover how this letter can be for us. That we might learn and grow and shift in response. That we might be aware of the places where our hearts say yes, as well as the places where our hearts say no, or I'm frustrated, or I'm confused, or I'm not sure what's being said there. I'm not sure if I like that. That we might be a people who are open to being provoked and disrupted by these words from Paul's letter to the Colossian church. Let me pray, and then we'll continue on with our worship tonight. Jesus, open up our minds and our hearts 
so that we might open up our hands, um, that we may open up our lives to all that you've invited us into. Help us to hear these words tonight as, um, as words of hope, as words that stir us, as words that provoke us into curiosity and conversation and new practice. May we listen with openness and courage tonight, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that it has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in in regard to Christ's afflictions, for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that you may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have full access I'm sorry so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God namely Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine sounding arguments For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of the world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you are also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands." 
Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions of their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since, as members of one body, you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly 
as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be, be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that's happening here. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You've received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who's called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas sends greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the, the Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you.